Today is the third day of September, and welcome to the Coffee and Morning Prayers podcast. I invite you to pull up a chair, settle down with your favorite cup of coffee or tea, and join me in prayer. Now let us begin our day. Lord, open our lips, and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Come, let us adore him. Let us say together the Vanity. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the caverns of the earth, and the heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee, and kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Oh, that today you would hearken to his voice. Psalms for the third day morning prayer. Psalms 15, 16, 17. Lord, who may dwell in your tabernacle? Who may abide upon your holy hill? Whoever leads a blameless life and does what is right, who speaks the truth from their heart. There is no guile upon his tongue. He does no evil to his friend. He does not heap contempt upon his neighbor. In his sight, the wicked is rejected, but he honors those who fear the Lord. He has sworn to do no wrong and does not take back his word. He does not give his money in hope of gain, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. Whoever does these things shall never be overthrown. Protect me, O God, for I take refuge in you. I have said to the Lord, You are my Lord, my good above all other. All my delight is upon the godly that are in the land, upon those who are noble among the people. But those who run after other gods shall have their troubles multiplied, Their libations of blood I will not offer, nor take the names of the gods upon my lips. O Lord, you are my portion and my cup. It is you who uphold my lot. My boundaries enclose a pleasant land. Indeed, I have a goodly heritage. I will bless the Lord who gives me counsel. My heart teaches me night after night. I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I shall not fall. My heart, therefore, is glad, and my spirit rejoices. My body also shall rest in hope. For you will not abandon me to the grave, nor let your Holy One see the pit. You will show me the path of life, and your presence there is fullness of joy and in your right hand are pleasures forevermore. 
Hear my plea of innocence, O Lord. Give heed to my cry. Listen to my prayer, which does not come from lying lips. Let my vindication come forth from your presence. Let your eyes be fixed on justice. Weigh my heart, summon me by night, melt me down. You will find no impurity in me. I give no offense with my mouth as others do. I have heeded the words of your lips. My footsteps hold fast to the ways of your law. In your path my feet shall not stumble. I call upon you, O God, for you will answer me. Incline your ear to me and hear my words. Show me your marvelous loving kindness, O Savior of those who take refuge at your right hand for those who are rising up against them. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings. From the wicked who assault me, from the deadly enemies who surround me. They have closed their heart to pity, and their mouth speaks proud things. They press me hard, now they surround me, watching how they may cast me to the ground, like a lion greedy for its prey, and like a young lion lurking in secret places. Arise, O Lord, confront them and bring them down, Deliver me from the wicked by your sword. Deliver me, O Lord, by your hand from those whose portion in this world, whose bellies you fill with treasure, who are well supplied with children and leave their wealth to their little ones. But at my vindication, I shall see your face. When I awake, I shall be satisfied beholding your likeness. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from the letter of James, chapter 4, beginning at the 13th verse. Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow will be such and such a town, and spend a year there doing business and making money. Yet you do not even know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wishes, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, commits sin. Come now, you rich people, weep and wail for the miseries that are coming to you. Your riches have rotted and your clothes are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver have rusted and their rust will be evidence against you and it will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure for the last days. Listen, the wages of the laborer was mowed your fields, which have kept you back by fraud, and cry out, and the cry out of the harvesters have reached the ears and the Lord of the hosts. You have lived on the earth in luxury and in pleasure. You have fattened your heart in a day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the righteous one who does not resist you. 
Glory to you, Lord God of our fathers. You are worthy of praise. Glory to you. Glory to you for the radiance of your holy name. We will praise you and highly exalt you forever. Glory to you in the splendor of your temple. On the throne of your majesty, glory to you. Glory to you seated between the cherubim. We will praise you and highly exalt you forever. Glory to you beholding the depths in the high vault of heaven, glory to you. Glory to you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We will praise you and highly exalt you forever. A reading from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 15, beginning at the 22nd verse. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. And they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him and divided his clothes among them, casting lots to decide what each should take. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. The inscription of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. And with him they crucified two bandits, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by derided him, shaking their heads and saying, Aha! You would also destroy the temple and build it in three days. Save yourself and come down from the cross. In the same way, the chief priests, along with the scribes, were also mocking him among themselves and saying, He saved others. He cannot even save himself. Let the Messiah, the King of Israel, come down from the cross now so that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him also taunted him. Lord, you now have set your servant free to go in peace as you have promised. For these eyes of mine have seen the Savior, whom you have prepared for all the world to see, a light to enlighten the nations and the glory of your people Israel. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Today is the Friday following Proper 17. Our reading is from The Forgotten Desert Mothers by Laura Swan. Our reader is Betsy Foreign Owens. Today we learn from Amma Sarah. Amma Sarah was a native of Upper Egypt. Born into a wealthy Christian family, Sarah was well-educated and a voracious reader. Moving to the vicinity of a women's monastery in the desert of Pelelusium, Sarah lived alone for many years near the river in a cell with a terraced roof. She attended to the needs of the nearby community. Eventually, Amasara received the monastic garb and lived in a closer relationship with the community, serving as a spiritual elder. She continued to follow the ascetic life by living alone in a cave by the river for seven years. She died around her 80th year. Ama Sarah was deeply concerned that her heart never be divided in her pursuit of God. Much of her desert struggle was centered on calming inner distractions and cultivating those that brought her close to God, lust 
and fornication were not so much about bodily passions, but rather anything or anyone that kept her heart distracted from God. The movement toward a deeper and more profound awareness of God is a spiraling movement toward simplicity that occurs when we voluntarily let go of all our attachments that keep us from moving deeper within. This is not a rejection of the created world, all of which is God's delightful gift to us, but rather is the rejection of our tendencies to grasp aspects of creation in a way that diminishes our unity with God. Amasara's goal was purity of heart. As one grows and deepens in purity of heart, one deepens in pure love for Christ. Sarah lived with a deep sense of awe for God. She sought neither special treatment nor recognition for herself. Amasara models for us the gift of tenacity and focus on the final goal of life, oneness with God. Sarah sought to eliminate distractions that she experienced as stumbling blocks to total union. This is never an easy journey. And Sarah's response was to pray for strength to endure and move into freedom. She avoided neither the challenges nor the pain. She stayed with her struggles until there was resolution. Amasara calls her followers to growth and self-awareness. Self-awareness is not selfishness, but self-connectedness. It is a deep and intense listening to our inner being, learning to be conscious and alert to what our inner world is trying to say to us. With self-awareness and self-knowledge, we understand our reactions toward others, issues that complicate our lives, blind spots that we can fall into, as well as our particular strengths and gifts. As we grow in self-awareness, we grow in God-awareness. Amasara, in the desert tradition, understood that God has chosen humanity, along with all creation, as the vehicle of divine revelation. It was related of Amasara that for 13 years she waged warfare against the demon of fornication. She never prayed that the warfare should cease, but she said, Oh God, give me strength. Although Sarah may have been a deeply passionate woman, keenly aware of her sexuality, fornication principally meant anything that possessed her heart and separated her from God. A part of our being belongs only to God and can only be satisfied by God. Replacing God with anyone or anything is idolatry. Sarah, in her awareness of her own weakness and of God as the source of her strength, challenges us not to run, but to stand firm in our persistent struggle with personal problems and with all that keeps us from God. Once the same spirit of fornication attacked her more insistently, reminding her of the vanities of the world, but she gave herself up to the fear of God and to asceticism and went up onto her little terrace to pray. 
Then the spirit of fornication appeared bodily to her and said, Sarah, you have overcome me. But she said, it is not I who have overcome you, but my master Christ. Ama Sarah knew that we were always open to temptation, no matter how long we have been intent on our inner journey. She knew the source of her strength in a very earthy and incarnational way. She did not overcome the spirit of fornication on her own strength, but relaxed into God, trusting God to complete her journey into wholeness. Amasara encourages us to cooperate with God's work and not rely solely on our efforts. It was said concerning her that for 60 years she lived beside a river and never lifted her eyes to look at it. Amasara was not easily distracted. She allowed her surroundings to support her without any need to possess them. She so intensely focused on cultivating total union with God that it seems she was unaware of her surroundings. Today we might better appreciate gazing lovingly and reflectively on that river in order to move into union with God. Another time, two old men, great anchorites, came to the district of Pelusia to visit her. When they arrived, one said to the other, let us humiliate this old woman. So they said to her, be careful not to become conceited, thinking to yourself, look how anchorites are coming to see me, a mere woman. But Amasara said to them, according to nature, I am a woman but not according to my thoughts. To be a woman was to be fleshy, sinful, sensuous, passionate, and bodily, qualities Sarah's culture sought to avoid. To be a man was to be rational, godlike, angelic, otherworldly, qualities valued in her culture. To be manly, not necessarily a male, was to live beyond the passions, to know them, to be aware of them, yet not let them rule. Several of our spiritual foremothers were referred to by their contemporaries as this female man of God, and they deemed it a compliment. Ama Sarah was aware of the depth of her spirituality. She did not need the approval of anyone for whom she was or for the inner journey she had undertaken. Not willing to be diminished by foolish and arrogant men, she gifted them with an appropriate reply. Ama Sarah said, If I prayed God that all people should approve of my conduct, I should find myself a penitent at the door of each one. But I shall rather pray that my heart be pure toward all. Ama Sarah did not seek the approval of others. Likewise, she remained non-judgmental in her attitude towards others and their own journeys toward God. As in any other time in church history, there were strong personalities in Sarah's day, but she did not follow fads. She sought to remain true to her own simple path toward God. Here ends 
the reflections for today. Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness, let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. Lord, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. Almighty God, whose most dear Son went up not to joy, but first he suffered pain and entered not into glory before he was crucified. Mercifully grant that we, walking in the way of the cross, may find it none other than the way of life and peace. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Almighty and eternal God, so draw our hearts to you, so guide our minds, so fill our imaginations, so control our wills, that we may be wholly yours, utterly dedicated unto you. And then use us, we pray you, as you will, and always to your glory and the welfare of your people. Through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hardwood of the cross that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth your hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you for the honor of your name. Amen. Accept, O Lord, our thanks and praise for all that you have done for us. We thank you for the splendor of the whole creation, for the beauty of this world, for the wonder of life, and for the mystery of love. We thank you for the blessing of family and friends and for the loving care which surrounds us on every side. We thank you for setting us at tasks which demand our best efforts and for leading us to accomplishments which satisfy and delight us. We thank you also for those disappointments and failures that lead us to acknowledge our dependence on you alone. Above all, we thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, for the truth of his word and for the example of his life, for his steadfast obedience by which he overcame temptation, for his dying through which he overcame death, and for his rising to life again, in which we are raised to the life of your eternal kingdom. Grant us the gift of your Spirit, that we may know Christ and make him known, and through him, at all times and in all places, may give thanks to you in all things. Amen. 
Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to Him from generation to generation in the church, and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen.